Hello guys, Jacob here and welcome to the next episode of Automated Seller Podcast. Uh, today I have a special guest, uh, Dustin from Better AMS. Uh, Dustin, can you introduce yourself to the audience and Better AMS? Yep. Thank you for having me on, Jacob. I appreciate it. So I'm the technology manager at Better AMS. Um, I'm also the primary uh, full stack developer that works there. I have a few other developers that work under me, but Primarily, we work in the advertising space, dealing with um, Amazon and Walmart accounts, and we have uh, roughly 50 clients across all different marketplaces and manage roughly $75 million in spend per year. Mm -hmm. That's that's really cool. I know I've been following you uh, on uh, LinkedIn before then. We managed to meet on a Prosper show. That was really, really nice. And I'm super glad to have you uh, here today, especially for uh, our audiences and for this podcast, since it's uh, called Automated Seller Podcast. And the last three episodes, I would say they were going through the automation, but it was really not for technical people. And here we can finally talk about some uh, topics related to Amazon SP API and Advertisement API, since I also found you because of your posts on LinkedIn. So yeah, this will be a very nice episode. And uh, yeah, we can start maybe with the first question. Um, so for for the audience, for also for um, people who maybe tried it, but they were not really sure, can you explain us, like, can you make an intro to Amazon SP API and Advertisement API and how, and how they are different from each other? Sure, yeah, I get this actually a lot when I tell people what I do within the space. Um, both brand owners, sellers, and those that work even at agencies who have heard of the API. Some don't even realize that there are multiple or multiple APIs. So the SP API, Selling Partner API, is the one that you'll basically get all of the data if you need anything from Seller Central or Vendor Central. So that's any kind of financial information, shipping details, inventory, anything found on the business report, um, hopefully the search query performance report in the future, brand analytics. So I think you get the idea there. Whereas yeah. the advertising API is everything that's in the ad console. So if you want impressions, clicks, orders, sales, everything related to advertising, marketing stream, DSP, and Amazon attribution, that's where you're going to the ads API. There actually is mm -hmm. one other additional one that I really don't get involved in, which is the product ads API, which is really for um, affiliates. That has a lot mm -hmm. of really valuable endpoints in it, but unfortunately, a lot of our clients that we work with don't maintain an affiliate status, but that mm -hmm. also is one that I would mention because it is a relevant one with a lot of valuable data in it. But it's like a third API or like it doesn't belong to advertisement API. <clears throat> so that one, that one stands on its own. I believe that one is okay. called the product ads API. It's kind of a confusing mm -hmm. name. I think they yeah. could have done a little bit better job of naming it because it's so similar to the advertising API, but completely separate from the ads and the SP API. Got it. Got it. No, that's, that's really interesting. And even for me, when, when I started, I had no idea um, that they had like separate APIs. Uh, I thought it's like, you just register. Uh, actually I started with SP API back then it was MWS. So, um, mm -hmm. I didn't know even that there's like standalone API for advertisement. Like I didn't really need it back then for uh, our clients. Uh, but yeah, this just blew my mind that there's so many of those things and they are not well documented in in my opinion. I mean, just as a really funny story, I'll tell that 
when uh, I was developing my first like integration, I think I was retrieving orders from um, the uh, Amazon API back then. I was MWS API, and I was putting them to Google Studio, something like this. Um, I was checking some for some like I was searching for some help online, and the only thing that I found was obviously the uh, documentation for MWS on uh, GitHub, and then there was a GitHub issue. Man, uh, where it was mentioned that it's why is this API documentation the worst and it had like 500 upvotes or something like this so yeah I know that it's very confusing yeah I think we've all been there if you've used the SV API where you send a bad response or I'm sorry a bad request and the error comes back as an empty string like thanks oh, yeah. guys <laughs> this is very helpful 100%, 100%. um but yeah, uh, I really wonder what's your story, uh, like what was your motivation to become like a specialist in those APIs? Uh, how did you first start? Because as I said, for me, uh, before that, I was just a developer. I was working on multiple clients' projects. And at some point, I just got one Upwork um, client who just wanted me to do retrieve the orders. And I wonder, what's your story? Mm -hmm. So my story did not end up intentional for how I ended up here. Basically, back in 2015, um, my wife and I have a few young children at that point. Um, we're up to five now. I think at that point we had three. I really wanted to be working from home, kind of doing the digital nomad, be your own boss thing. And I tried retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, and eventually just gravitated towards selling products mainly that I could manufacture just as maintaining a differentiator and be kind of being kind of China proof. So from mm -hmm. 2015 to maybe 2017, early 2018, kept this grind up, have a brand that I started back then that I even have to this day. But if you're manufacturing your own products and you're obsessed with efficiency, like I am in automating things, then naturally you're going to gravitate towards building your own tools. So I had started out um, becoming really proficient with VBA, the back end of Excel, and eventually mm -hmm. got more into uh, gravitating towards managing other people's advertising accounts around mm -hmm. early 2018. Started building a lot of my own tools and automations for that. And eventually got more into doing web-based stuff, learning AWS, teaching myself Python, um, mm -hmm. front end, back end, using the APIs, and eventually connected with the folks at Better AMS. And that's just kind mm -hmm. of how I ended up here today. So I would say in general, there's an ocean of much better developers than I am. That's definitely not mm -hmm. my strong area. I, I'm, I'm very proficient with the APIs, but as far as like being a self-taught developer, I know there are a lot of better people than that than me, but where my strength lies is I have been in the trenches, been a seller, yeah. brand, been a brand owner, managed mm -hmm. 30, 40 different advertising accounts of all different sizes. So I can look at the APIs in a very different way from somebody who yeah. actually has experience and say, okay, I know when I go to my supervisor, Destiny, and I say, okay, I know if we take these few endpoints and we combine them, this is going to be gold for our advertising <laughs> executives because I've been there. Whereas most developers are in a position where it's like, I'm really good at what I do. Just tell me what to do. Tell me what to build. Whereas I can say, this is what you need. And I think that's why a lot of the content that I put out on LinkedIn is so valuable because I say, this is what's available and this is how you can definitely use it. And it's going to be great. 
Hundred percent. I I agree. I mean, this is how I even find you, right? So I, I was searching for some topics, and then I found your posts, which were really gold for us. And I can tell you, I mean, that's the way you said it is literally how we started. I mean, when we started uh, Veltologic, um, I had no idea about Amazon um, at all. So I started from being a good developer, having the engineering background to learning the API and what really matters for sellers. So right now, after so many projects that we did, obviously it's different, but uh, this is something I tell um, companies that come to us if they want to build something custom. I say, all right, yes, uh, we are more expensive, but I guarantee you that we'll fix it uh, or like we'll build this feature 10 times faster because we just know the SP API and we know what matters where the regular developer yeah, obviously, he or she is really good at what um, they are doing, but it might don't like it may not know um, the secrets and and formulas that the Amazon API um, consists of. So, hundred yeah, percent. But it's and I, I think the Delta Logic would have a really strong advantage in that point because I've talked to several developers who, if I need to outsource work just to free my plate up. Everybody knows how to use the Amazon APIs until they actually have to start doing the work. And then it's like, okay, now I'm hitting some roadblocks. And if you specialize in it, like Delta Logic does, then I think you're, you've got such a huge advantage. Yes, you're going to end up paying more, but you're not going to have to deal with all the problems, the pain points that we're probably going to get to you a little bit later in the podcast here. So yeah, definitely oh, yeah. kudos to that for niching down. 100%. And then... Uh... Yeah, the problems start with setting it up already. So <laughs> this is like su super funny thing, but we have so many clients that basically what we offer them is like, yeah, we can handle the whole development. We are telling them and we're asking them, but do you have like developers in house and so on? They said, yeah, we have like great developers, team of 20, team of 20 people. And, but they are getting stuck and I'm like, okay, but where, On at which point? And they said, yeah, we, they can't just uh, make a simple request. They can't <laughs> register. So. Where, where are they stuck? Sending their first yeah. request, creating the pre-signed, um, the signature and the header. I'm stuck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That, that, that's what we are facing on daily basis uh, from our requests, uh, like our clients. So yeah, that's, that's a very funny story. Uh, I was just curious since we are here. Um, because it's really crazy that you just learned programming for this case and you start using them, developing your tools. And I'm curious when you actually develop and, and like uh, stuff around SP API, like what programming language uh, are you using? And are you using any framework to um, connect to, to the SP API to do requests? So for both no, Sorry, not framework, but library. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I understand what you're saying. For both ad, for both APIs, I don't use any packages. I know that there are mm -hmm. a few that are available. One, I believe, is called SalesWeaver or SaleWeaver, which is a popular Sales one. SalesWeaver, yeah. Yeah, for the SP API. I found that to be pretty good. I could definitely make successful requests and get good responses with it. But there are a couple of things that just, they don't sit right with me. For instance, when the business report was released, finally, into the SP API, it took a little while for them to update the package. And I don't mm -hmm. want to wait on people to do that. Also, I'm expecting a, you know, a third party external group of people to just continuously maintain something that potentially like business critical functionalities for our agency are resting on. Th there's no reason mm -hmm. for them inherently to keep maintaining this for the public. Mm -hmm. 
other than uh, yeah. whatever compels them to right now. So if they decide not to do that, it's like, man, I, I feel like I'm out of luck and I kind of have to start over. So for me personally, mm-hmm. everything is Python in the back end, all the ETLs, yeah. we do everything with AWS. And I try not to use any packages that are designed mm-hmm. by third-party developers at Got all, it. both ads and SPAPI. How okay. about yourself? No, that- that's that's really interesting yeah i I can tell you yeah that i've been using like when i started like right now i'm not not really coding that much uh so i started and i was using python so i was using the library that you just mentioned right uh, made by uh, i think his name is michael and he created this uh, library like uh yeah for selling partner api and i really loved it but as you said it was lacking a lot of things like i remember i was getting some responses with empty strings so that was very painful but at some point i was just continuing and developing uh, like features that were missing in the library i know that wasn't the best practice but i was just doing it but since we have a new cto um and like our developers also switched from Python to Node.js. I know that um, some of the things they are doing as you, so without any libraries, that's uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think that some of them, at some projects we also found, like there is a very popular library in, at Node, for Node.js, um, which is like also just a wrapper that does it. So it's like 50-50, I would say. Also depends on the use case because some of our clients, um, they come to us with like completely different programming language. So we just have to adjust for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it really depends on the case, but I've been there and I, I, I use it and it's really, I would say handy, especially for beginners or like if someone wants to do something um, on their own, then I would suggest it even. Absolutely. But for the commercial Absolutely. projects, definitely I would use the same approach, uh, same approach as you are using. Yeah, I would agree. If you're creating something for your own brand, something that's small, basic, or you just want an MVP just to have a proof of concept, I think absolutely going with these packages is the right way to go. Just for me personally, if I have 50 plus accounts with 75 million in spend sitting on this, like I want it to be (laughs) bulletproof and I don't care how long it takes me. And I will point out that at least for Python, once I figured out how to create those signatures in the header, which is yeah. really the biggest hangup. Oh yeah. Sending those requests. <laughs> Once you figure that out and each, each method in the CRUD function, you know, all of them are a little bit different. If you're going to do a get a pull or a post, they're all different. If you can nail those down, you really don't need a package. It, it it's just like any other API after that. hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I know those signatures, this is a huge pain and I know that yeah, the libraries was something that was, really good to use because I was just, I just didn't have to think about it. But then our CTO came and he just said, yeah, yeah, no, no, we just implemented on our own. So (laughs) uh, he's like really this geek guy. I was more into like just getting stuff done faster for the business. So I'm glad we have him now, (laughs) but I, I can tell you also for like notifications API that this was a huge pain um, for us. Like right now um, I'm on to, like really creating the tutorial for it because I had so many requests on this, mm. but this was a huge pain initially. I know that um, I couldn't set up this. Uh, I think it was called Q, um, right? When you have a, mm, yeah, I think it's a Q when you get those notifications and you have to read from it. Uh, that was really a painful part because I also had to improve my game on the AWS part. Okay, so you're talking about like an SQS queue. 
SQ, the, SQ. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Marketing stream on the advertising site also uses that. So as if mm -hmm. the pain of learning uh, the SP API isn't bad enough, then you need almost like a PhD sometimes to navigate through <laughs> AWS, it feels like. So they can from both ends, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but yeah, that was just something I wanted to discuss. Now, I wanted to focus on uh, on the sellers, uh, especially sellers like, uh, I, I believe, I mean, you said that you started this way. Uh, so you were a seller and then you started automating things. We also had those um, people who are coming to us for some consult consultations with us. So they want to really develop it on their own. They just are getting stuck in the documentation of uh, both APIs. But I wonder, especially from your point of view, since you have more experience with uh, selling on Amazon, like what are the benefits of using both APIs uh, for sellers? So for the advertising API, obviously just bid ops as a general functionality. Every brand is going to need bid ops to some extent and you can create far more flexibility in your bid ops or campaign launches or search term scraping anything that you want to do anything that a software does for you you can pretty much always mimic it plus do it a little bit better than what they're doing i have found as far as the sp api again the same thing like for me as a brand owner a lot of people will, especially when they're a little bit smaller, they're trying to stay weaned. They'll rely on um, like inventory notifications. When you're in the inventory managing section, there's, at least back when I was really involved in it, there was a bell that would tell you when you had to send stuff in because you had about two weeks worth of inventory left. I found that to always be highly unreliable. So I built out my own system based on a rolling average of the, the number of sales, weighted more um, proportionally towards the recent ones. And it would tell me, this is what's available. This is what's an FC transfer. So this is approximately what I should send in and on this given date. So for mm -hmm. me, it's really the shipping, the logistics, inventory management, and then obviously with the advertising, just an overall managing of the ad console as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Yeah. What do you say about, um, like, because, I mean, there are so many tools out there, right? Um, and I would say, if you could compare it, so once you know how to code, uh, would you actually go and use a tool or start building your, your stuff, your automations, your script? Well, even for Especially nowadays, because, because no. you know, when you started, obviously, there weren't that many tools. But right now, I mean, we just been to Prosper Show. There's so many competitions, so many tools, right? There are. The, the software space, I feel, is grossly saturated but mm -hmm. with that being said sometimes even through all that saturation there just still isn't exactly what you're looking for or if you want what you're looking for you get a whole lot of stuff with it that you you don't necessarily want mm -hmm. so for instance marketing stream and day parting are very popular on the ads api side right now in the advertising community a lot of softwares they don't offer just those two solutions. You have to get the whole package with it. So if you have something that's working really well, but you just want to add those on, I would say building your own version of that or finding a dev or someone like you or me who could consult with that dev, then to me, that's like definitely the way to go rather than paying a really high fee per month. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, that's, that's exactly the case where people are approaching us. It's it's either that there's a solution out there that it's working, but it's not really solving 
every issues of the business. Like it might be like 70%. So that's why people are deciding to build their own custom tools or the opposite, right? There's a tool that does so many things that they don't need and they just want this one thing. Like especially um, when I created like a YouTube tutorial for getting the orders to Google Sheet. It's just really no brainer. Like so, such a simple thing, but so many people want just this one thing, just yeah. to get the orders, put them to Excel or like Google Sheets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you entirely on that. I remember watching that YouTube video actually before we had met in Prosper and I thought, man, this is this is really good stuff. There needs to be more of this on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So now definitely I want to create a part for notifications. I know that so many people are stuck at this, so I think this will solve some of those problems. Um, but let's talk about the automations and, and scripts um, that you've been working on. I, I'm really curious. Um, can you share with us some examples that you've built for you or for clients? So the ones that I just discussed um, with the inventory, the shipping, those are a lot of the ones that I've built for myself. I've built ones for clients that involve everything from just pulling reports in for the SP API, designing a full-blown bid off system. Um, one gentleman wanted a better profit and loss kind of structure and wanted to pull his QuickBooks stuff in through the QuickBooks API mm -hmm. and pull all the other data in to have just more of a, a basic picture of the profit and loss, which you'd think that this is a simple thing that a lot of tools would offer given how saturated it is, but he was still unable to find just this one simple thing. So mm -hmm. again, just going back to the last point, that's a really good reason as to why you would want to reach out to somebody like Delta Logic and have them build just this one exact thing that you're after. Um, other mm -hmm. tools that I built, marketing stream, pulling that hourly data in, that's a really hot topic right now. And, um, mm -hmm. Everybody is after that so that they can employ day parting. Getting into mm -hmm. doing um, <clears throat> more stuff with Amazon Marketing Cloud as well with better AMS, but I feel like that's a whole other conversation mm -hmm. in and of itself. Mm -hmm. I really like those. Uh, seems like you, you're working on like very different um, projects, like really the one that really matters for, I would say, a seller that like right away are there's outcome and effect. And we had a lot of projects like which were touching to the Amazon's API, but they were not really, I would say, 100% related right away to the business itself. Like I will give you an example. They were like on maybe much higher level. Like one of the projects, um, this is like, that's why the people are also like coming for us because you can't find it anyway. It's like super tailored. As I remember there was one guy, uh, he was running... Uh, like some company and he was a seller and he wanted to have a low code um, I think those are called Azure functions so he wanted to, us to develop interface I don't know if you know what are the Azure functions but like Azure is a cloud like AWS mm -hmm. and um, you can pretty much build um, functions from blocks so it's like kind of low code elements and he wanted us to build him interface for the SPAPI uh, so he could just build requests to Amazon based on those blocks, connecting them together. That was like super fun project. Hmm. Or other project that we built was, again, not like directly related to managing the prices and so on, but for one of our clients, like uh, it's an agency. They work with a lot of virtual assistants who are solving Amazon cases. And what we built for them was uh, the integrations. So we 
pulled all of the notifications from Amazon from I think around 100 or 150 different seller accounts and we put them in uh, Jira. So now the VAs, they could go to one board and solve all of the problems related to Amazon. So there's endless possibilities with the API. <laughs> there really is. There really, really is. Mm -hmm. Now, I wonder uh, for you um, as a developer, but probably also hearing from other developers, like what are the common challenges that uh, you face when working with the uh, seller partner, selling partner API and the advertisement API and how to overcome them? Well, the SP API, I would say we already hash that out, no pun intended, but just creating that hash string and the, the signature in the header, overcoming that challenge, I think is like 90 to 95% of the difficulty of the SP API. Mm -hmm. As far as the advertising API, I would say that overwhelmingly the documentation is just far better. The error responses are far more meaningful. The help desk to send details to is a dedicated team that you're not going through setting up a case log in Seller Central. I feel like their experience and their ability to speak to the problem is far easier. So the SP API just overall just has that challenge of you feel a lot more in the dark um, when you're running yeah. into problems. Mm -hmm. With the advertising API, I think one big downside is there are no stated throttling limitations. So you have to build in logic that is just constantly checking for throttling because nothing is stated in the docs. If you mm -hmm. run your stuff at 3.01 AM PST so that all of the prior day's data is logged, I'm sorry, at midnight PST, then you probably got a lot of other people on. So throttling is higher versus running it in the middle of the day. The SP API clearly states what the throttling limitations are. So that's a really mm -hmm. nice benefit there. Um, the other side with the advertising API is within the header, they want the accept type and the content type. And I find that in the documentation, those two specs are typically what get people hung up if there's a brand new endpoint that they're using because they don't state clearly which ones you need to use. And so it is kind of a guessing mm -hmm. game until you just get it right as far as which one actually works. Mm -hmm. On the different ad types like sponsor product, sponsor brand, sponsor display, they're all in different versions. So one might be in four, one might be in three, one might be in two. And so what has to be passed in the header is going to be different for each one of those. And I think it would be nice if the documentation for beginners was a little bit clearer because once you get the gist of it, you kind of know where to look for the problem. But um, for anybody getting started with it, I'd say that's going to be the, the biggest area where you get an off, an off, <clears throat> excuse me, unauthorized response. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, specifically what you said about like going in dark. I think that's the biggest issue that the documentation just sucks. I mean, let's be just straight here. It's really, really bad. And uh, what you said about the guessing game, I, I had the same, but with um, Reprise that I've built. I remember when I was building Reprise, it was around, I think, one and a half year ago. So also just to keep in mind, documentation is being updated constantly and improved. So I think uh, SPAPI was released around two and a half or something like this years ago. So it was quite new back then and I just couldn't find it. It, it was like really a huge problem for me to, to reprice the item. I don't know why. Maybe it was me that I couldn't <laughs> search for the, for the answer or it was just that bad. Like I remember I was going through some weird models. I was discovering different links uh, on... 
um, on the AWS. Um, actually, like it was just hosted on AWS, but it was just a mess. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even I today, I, I still find that there are parts of the documentation that contradict each other. There's parts that are clearly outdated that they haven't updated. Once you receive your response and the case log back, then they'll mm-hmm. clearly their response, which works, contradicts what mm-hmm. the documentation says. So that shows that it's outdated. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that it, that is difficult. One other pain point that I would point out, I don't know if you guys have run into this yet, but if you are an agency trying to use the SP API, it can be a nightmare trying to state the verbiage on your website to get approval. Because if you're <laughs> managing multiple people's accounts, they want to know exactly what you're doing with the data. And it can be yeah. a real pain to try to get that approval. Mm-hmm. Getting everything approved except for brand analytics is really not that bad. The problem is all the things that agencies like myself would want, mainly the business report and brand analytics, are within that brand analytics endpoint, which is a real pain to get the approval for. So it mm-hmm. it is a tricky thing. I would, If anybody listening is going to be using this for an agency or more than, I think, 10 brands, just mm-hmm. be aware that that's going to be something you'll probably have to put some time into. Mm-hmm. Here, I would I would love to invite like our PM because uh, I'm not gonna like I got a little bit um, far from what's ha- currently happening and all of the projects. But what I heard is that uh, so I know that for you, what you do is like you connect all of those um, like brands that you're managing to to your app, right? Yeah. But what we do is we it's a little bit different. I mean, it was even a problem for us initially to create our own app since we are not sellers, we don't have a data. So <laughs> we had to like register, pay this uh, fee, even though we didn't have any um, like products, but we manage it. But what we do usually is we are operating in our clients' accounts because we are building apps for them, mm-hmm. um, like projects. So that's one thing. Uh, so um, there was usually a problem also with like giving access to someone there was a problem with data and so on but not even talking about this i know about those restricted apis and i think this is what you mentioned right that if you manage a lot of brands having access to those restricted apis this is like a huge problem right because amazon just rejects your um requests all the time and they don't really give you a good reason why they'll stay here are the here are the um, you know, 4.2, 4.3 section in the documentation. Yeah. That's what you need. I've literally copied, pasted that to a T, put it on the website, put it on the, the footer of the website. It couldn't be any more clear, stating yeah. the URL in the application, and it will still get rejected. And I think mm-hmm. the threshold is like, if you want to be a first-party developer, I think you can have up to 10 different... Um, brands, which I think the concept behind is that is if you're managing an app internally, then you might have 10 different marketplaces, .com, .ca, etc. But if you're going at it like we are as an agency where you have 50 accounts, all different marketplaces, and everybody shares their access to our one email, Mm -hmm. that's where things can really become um, a pain to get that, Mm -hmm. that thumbs up from them. Did, did you apply for this? I, I forgot what's the name. Maybe you actually just mentioned it. Like there's this one um, access that you are requesting and you have to fill the huge survey. I think it's about like private information, like addresses, names, and so on. Is it is this one that you mentioned that it's super hard or? 
Yeah, I think that's the PIAA, the personally identifiable PIA, exactly. account. Yeah, so exactly. that is not what we're after. That's like an that's like a tier even above that what we would need. Oh yeah, <laughs> but the brand analytics section in itself is like okay. its own little section that has all the valuable reports for an Amazon mm-hmm, advertising mm-hmm. agency, mainly the business report and brand analytics. Got it. Got it. So no, now, now I now I understand. So we are not on the level where we had a client where we needed this, um, mm-hmm. I think, for like more than 50 accounts. But other than that, for us, we usually, no, yeah, we usually got it. That, that was not the problem. But the PY, PY um, how you said it? The PII, PII, right? Yeah, person oh, identifiable information. Yeah. We are working with three clients at the moment and we are fighting back and forth with Amazon to get those approvals. Like mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this one, this is something that you just don't know. Like the companies that come into us, they actually uh, just need the help with this. And to be fair, I just told them, all right, we can start working on it. We can help you, but I don't guarantee the success. Like we don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's really hard. Like at the moment we got ac- accepted most of our um, questionnaires there. Mm, and I can tell you, like I can give the really secret to the audience on how to do it if someone wants to do it on your own. Um, and it was just mind blowing. Like a month ago, we would never even try to do a service like this. Like we said, no, we are developers. We can't help you to um, get access to those restricted APS because we're yeah. just not experts. Uh, but what we did is um, chat GPT. <laughs> okay. So you can use ChatGPT API, and um, I think we we do it for API, like our developers, and we are filling it with the information uh, from the um, requirements and information from the business. And then ChatGPT is actually really smart about it and generating crazy answers. So if you ever have problems with getting the access even to those different APIs, I highly recommend to, to check it out because it's a game changer. There you go. Especially the GTP4. Very good. Yeah, I'll have to keep that tip in the um, the back pocket. That does sound great. Here's the service I use 20 times a day and I never thought to try to get approval <laughs> for right? Amazon. Yes. It, right? <laughs> 100%. So no, no, that's that's something that is definitely worth checking it out for, especially for this one. Uh, but I know for other for other APIs, as you said, once you start managing multiple brands, I can see there is a problem for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a quick question here, like uh, for better AMS, which kind of partner are you? Are you on this uh, verified partner or the highest tier advanced partner? We are we are still trying to get our brand analytics section approved because of this mm-hmm. verbiage. The people that I've helped mm-hmm. before were, um, you know, they were their own brand. They were first party, didn't need any really very simple yeah. authorization. So. But what we are running into trouble with is just trying to get this brand analytics section because we have so many mm-hmm. accounts, but we don't want to be listed as yeah. one of the application providers in the app store because we have no intention of making this publicly facing. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it does become kind of this catch 22. And yeah, I mean, it is what it is mm-hmm. for the time being. Got it. Got it. So I would say this week we could call like the biggest pain points of <laughs> working with the API as well. Um, mm-hmm. so great, great. Uh, yeah, I have just one, uh, I would say question on, uh, for, for, for our session today, uh, about the hidden gem- gems, um, of the advertisement API. Could you, could you tell a little bit more about this? The hidden gems. Yeah. So I, I don't know if there's anything that's 
really a hidden gem per se as far as something that's clearly stated in the docs but i have found that a lot of people aren't aware that uh, you know most people think impressions clicks sales orders etc but I've built out some great workflows to tie into a user's Slack application where it will send you notifications on the billing mm -hmm. status. So if the credit card on file goes bad, that's a really powerful thing to have to be able to reach out to the client first rather than mm -hmm. them saying to you, why haven't I had any impressions in the last three days? So this is one that a lot of people don't know about. The, the eligibility of an ASIN to be advertised mm -hmm. is another really powerful one. The one that I'm finding a lot of value in lately is the product metadata endpoint. So that gives mm -hmm. you the title, the price, the category, the BSR of that category. So this is stuff that's external to the advertising account that it's actually able to pull in. So mm -hmm. it doesn't quite make up for the brand analytics section of the SPAPI, but it probably covers 75% of it. So I would say those are the biggest ones that I, I would say if you mm -hmm. if you haven't heard of these, check those out because they can be really useful. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, like this episode will be watched by our team. Uh, so <laughs> I'll let them know 100%. Good. Great. Uh, yeah, Dustin, that's, that was really, I would say, valuable session. Uh, thanks a lot. Um, do you have anything to say to our audience in the end, like where people can find you, how to get to better IMS and so on? Yep. Yeah. If you just look on LinkedIn, um, and I don't know if there'll be any show notes with this, but if there are, then, you know, my link in, to my LinkedIn account um, there. I'll, I'll add to the description all of the okay. details. So. Yep. So just LinkedIn. If you send me a DM on there, or respond to any of my content that I put up, that's great. I do consulting a little bit on the side, mainly just to help if you guys, if somebody has a developer already and they just need that first step of getting familiar with how the SP API and the ads API work just to get them over that starting hump. That's typically where I help people the most. I'm not really building huge apps like you guys are, but um, yeah, mm -hmm. those are the, the places to um, check out my stuff. Perfect. Then yes. Thanks a lot, Dustin. That was super nice uh, podcast. Maybe we'll talk again in the future as yeah. there will be more points uh, like touch points on the apis uh, maybe you'll have an episode with our cto who knows <laughs> he's more technical than me now so awesome Look great forward to it. thanks a lot dustin and thanks guys and yeah i see you i uh, see you guys in the future all right thanks jacob